It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Sidious Mag Podcast. I'm Chris Chavez, and this is my show where I get the chance to chat with some of the biggest names on the track, on the roads, within the coaching ranks, and across the running industry. We are still riding the high of the U.S. Olympic Marathon Trials and all of the fun events that we had with Hoka while in Orlando. The coverage does not stop there. We will be bringing you interviews with some of the top competitors and the newly minted Olympians on the Sidious Mag Podcast. If you go back in our feed, we've already published episodes with Connor Mance, Clayton Young, Emily Sisson, and Jess McLean. You can go back and listen to those. I'm sure you will enjoy them. A quick thanks to anyone who has taken the time to leave a little five-star review on Apple Podcasts or a five-star rating on Spotify. It's Super Bowl week, and we've got this running podcast in the top 50 of all sports shows on Apple Podcasts and on Spotify. Look at us go. Let's see how high we can get the show up to. I love giving the listeners a shout out when they leave a review. So if you want yours to be read, leave us a five-star review and let us know why you love this show. This week's review comes to us from Alan Dia, who wrote, For lovers of track and field and road racing, this is the podcast that covers the sport with an unmatched and infectious passion, so much so that you can't help but fall in love with its characters and personal stories. Funny and insightful, these episodes reel you in right from trackside with the energy, strength, and struggles of these unique athletes. Highly recommended. I had a few extra Sidious Cafe shirts, so reach out to me on Instagram, Alan, and I will send one your way. I also just got a whole shipment of Sidious Mag stickers, so anyone who drops a five-star rating, leave your Instagram handle, and I'll reach out to you to mail you a Sidious sticker. My guest for today's episode is Elkana Cabet. The 40-year-old was in third place by 15 seconds going into the final mile of the U.S. Olympic Marathon Trials, but a charging Leonard career managed to catch him for the final spot that will likely go to the Paris Olympics. Cabet finished fourth in two hours, 10 minutes, and two seconds, which set a new U.S. Masters Marathon record. He was so gracious after the race and handled the fourth-place finish with so much humility. It was remarkable. Cabet has improved as a marathoner in his late 30s and isn't ready to call an end to his Olympic dreams. He'll be 44 at the 2028 U.S. Olympic Marathon Trials, and he's already planning his road to get there. When he's not running in the early or late hours of the day, he's a husband and a father of three. He works a full-time job in the U.S. Army as a financial comptroller in Fort Carson, Colorado. He has a tremendous pride for this country. He shares his stories coming from Kenya and all the opportunities that America has given him along the way, which is why he doesn't hesitate to rep the red, white, and blue at a world championships and has done so four times in his career. We all know the guys who made the Olympic team. Let's not forget the hard work of those who come so close. Without further ado, here is Elkana Kabat. All right, and now we welcome on Elkana Kabet, who is the fourth place finisher at the U.S. Olympic Marathon Trials. You walked away with a U.S. Masters record by one second. The previous record was 210.03 by Abdi Abdurrahman, and you ran 210.02. Uh, Elkana, how are you feeling after uh, that race on Saturday? 
Uh, I just feel great. Uh, I feel excited. I know I wanted so bad to make the team, but uh, I know I was so close and I had it. I just that I didn't do it to the finish line, but it's it's okay. You know, I'm excited and I'm overall I'm happy and I'm excited for for the results that I achieved. And I thank God for that. How's the body feeling? Just a couple days removed from the trials. You b- before we started recording, you said you took a couple days off, and you're back to work tomorrow on Wednesday. Yes, um, I mean I'm feeling good. I didn't get like tired a lot, so I don't say like I was exhausted. So that was that's how I feel mostly after the races, and I I wasn't tired at all because I think I prepared well. So yeah emotionally fourth place is a spot that a few athletes want to find themselves in I mean, from the video clips i've seen after the race and some of the interviews you've been so gracious and you've handled it so well how i mean i cannot even believe like how uh, a lot of people are calling me some of my friends and say what were you doing like you had it and you know i just told them you know what i i know it just happened and uh, this is my first time competing in like really being competing you know I've participated in the trials before but I've never competed the way I competed so one thing I could say is I've, I did 2020 and I mean 2016 and then 2020 but I did not compete but even I was competing so that means I made progress in my career the way I did it that means now I'm Marathon is clicking in. I know it has taken a long time, but I think I can tell myself I'm at the right place. I just need to strike at the right time. So that's what is making me being grateful for the opportunity because I have gone through a lot. Um, I had a deployment last year, so I didn't have a smooth transition. So to achieve the results I did, I told myself, you are a great athlete. It's just that if you had enough time and you had, to look for a race and then run an Olympic standard and then come to trials, then it would be a a different story. But uh, with my situation, I think I have to just appreciate the results that I had and I'm grateful for that. You mentioned in one of the post-race interviews that when you passed Zach Panning, you were in third place and in the third position. And even in that final stretch, you know, that final mile, there was so much drama and we didn't know what was going to happen yet with that third spot. Did you sense Lenny career was coming or did because you were so focused on getting to the finish line? I did not sense because once I passed Lenny, he tried to hold on me, but I was stronger. So I had dropped him. I, I thought like there was nobody following me. So, and it was loud, like the cheering was so loud, so I could not even hear like if somebody was coming and my focus was like, keep your head high, you have it. So I told myself, okay, I have the third place. And I was like, okay, I am satisfied with this. I never thought like somebody was coming. Even like if somebody would have told me like Lane is coming, then I would have prepared. But I, I did not see him. I didn't even like, because it was so loud, the cheering was so loud. I didn't think like he was coming because I had already dropped him. And I thought, okay, I have to that spot secured after passing Sack. So that was in my mind. But I never thought like somebody was coming. And if I knew, like if somebody would have said, okay, somebody's coming behind, that would have helped me prepare or increase the pace because I was not tired. I was just like, okay, it's okay. Those guys are gone. I'm just going to 
just finish on this. But you know, it's a lesson and something that I would learn for the next four years. I'll be working on that. That was one of my favorite parts is that you said immediately, it was like, okay, I learned my lesson 2028. You're going to be 44 in 2028. Yeah, I know. And it's, <laughs> people will be surprised. I'm going to be there for a long time. Uh, it's going to be, they better enjoy. Uh, you're going to have a lot of like moments for me. So just be excited and be ready. It's going to happen. And you will be shocked. Like I'll be running like the personal best that you will think like, this guy's, you know, so don't, don't worry. You just be prepared. It's going to happen. I'm just letting you know that it's going to, <laughs> it's, it's, it's coming. So I'm really excited and the future looks bright for me. When you talked about competing at the marathon trials and actually competing, we on the TV can only see what's happening with Zach and Clayton and Connor going from the front. There was no camera that could show us how you were making your way up. And there were so many bodies as well that you were passing who maybe went out too hard or, you know, were suffering in the end. What did that look like for you running your own race? What were some of the moves that you made to, to, that you felt were, you were competing? I was competing and I was there. I think we were getting closer to 30K. That's when we, the move was made. And what happened is right before that, I was like, there's a lot of people following back. And I was looking like, where's Cullen Rob? Because that was the guy, you know, like he was supposed to make the team. They were like good guys. So I said, let me step back. Uh, let me fall back a little bit so I can chat, you know, and look at the people. Because sometimes that, that that's what I do in a race, like see how people are moving, see their movement and chat. So I came back a little bit and then uh, they made a move. I don't know even like how I missed. I think it was water station and they increased a little bit. And you know, when after 30K, they just made a little, a little bit move. So it was constant. It wasn't like a big side. It was just like pushing. And then I see that the cup open and I'm trying to close the cup. And I have how many people? Three people in front of me. And I'm trying to come. Okay, Lenny came. He passed me. So Lenny was not even there. And Shadrach was still there. And then I remember, the last time I remember, there's a guy who came past me. And then I kept following that guy. And then Lenny came and passed me. So I let Lenny go. And then I was number five now. So I kept running and I'm looking at Lenny and I say, okay, keep going. And then I'm seeing the guys in the front and I came to some point and uh, I saw Medicate. She was cheering us and saying, keep going. And then I was number five at that time. And I, I'm looking at Lenny. I'm saying, okay, I got Lenny. I have him on my side. I say, okay, push. And then I kept going and I passed Lenny. I think that was around now about 35, 35K. And I knew like four miles is gone, is left. And I was like, okay. I didn't even see the watch for 23rd mile. But I looked at my split. I said, okay, I've run constant the next the last two miles, like 21 and 22. I was like, okay, it's good. I'm not slowing. I'm like constant pace. So, and I looked at next time I looked at watch was 23. I think it was 23.5. And I was like, okay, it's coming two miles to go now. And then I catch Lenny and I went going. And then by, that was my... By mile 24, 25, I catch a sack bending. And I was like, okay, I have it. One mile to go. And that's. And then I pass him and I went. And then I cut fluid. And I think probably maybe that's what slowed me a little bit. Because I went and cut the Powerade. And then I was opening it and drinking it. And then keep going. And then the loud now, the cheering was there. It was so loud. And yeah. And I was seeing the line. I could see the finish line, you know, and see the guys finishing. 
And I was like, okay, I'm going to be the dad. And then it just happened. Like before I crossed the finish, it's Lane came and passed me. A beautiful thing you said after the race is that you have no regrets and that you're very proud because you gave it your all and you're just proud of the opportunity to represent this country that has given you so many opportunities. Can you share a little bit more about that and your history? Because it's a beautiful story. You were born in Kenya, became an American citizen in 2013. You became eligible to represent the United States in 2015. Like you arrived in the US with a running scholarship in 2006. It took you to so many interesting places, Rend Lake Community College, and then you ended up at Auburn. You've lived a full life here in America. And so what are these opportunities that you've been so proud of, you know, in in your own running and, and history with America? So one of the greatest opportunities that I'm thankful for is um, when I joined the army, I thought, okay, I'm done running. So I never thought I would be able to run again because I joined the military in uh, April of 2013. And then I was, my first duty station was Fort Bragg, North Carolina. So I arrived there in October. So when I arrived there, uh, the unit were getting ready to deploy. So I deployed to 2014. I deployed to Kuwait and Iraq. And so I didn't know, like, I'm going to run again. So I went, we arrived in Kuwait. We stayed there a little bit. And that people running, it was really hard during the day. So I was running at night. And I kept doing that, like just maintain fitness, you know. And to me, I was like, I would never run. I would never have opportunity. I'm going to deployment, so I wouldn't have enough time running. So, but when I get there, I had opportunity. They were gym. I could go to the gym and run sometimes when it's day thunderstorms outside. And I went to Iraq for a mission, came back. So that really like those are moments for me, you know, when I think about where I've gone, the places I've visited. And coming back, I came back from that deployment. We came back uh, 2015 of March of 2015. And uh, we went on a leave for a month. I came back and I trained. And that time I was like, okay, I cannot run track anymore because I don't have enough time. So I said, okay, let me try marathon. And I sent an email to Chicago Marathon and they said, oh, they can put me in uh, people who are developing. They have a program for coming up, upcoming athletes. I say, can you put me? They say, oh, we look at your times, they look at a little bit faster. We can ask and maybe put you in a lead field, but we will just give you a hotel for two nights and pay for your travel. And I said, oh, yes, thank you. And I was like, this is an opportunity for me to go and compete. And I went, boom, the first marathon, I ran 2.11, I finished seventh. And uh, so those are, and then like, I've had opportunity, like I've had support from my work. Uh, I deployed last year and, I have uh, my leadership, they are very supportive. Our brigade commander, Colonel Agnes, and our Sir Major Oldfield, um, they were really supportive. He came and told me, you know, I know you are a run, and um, we want you to keep running. We want you to keep training. And those are the really the moments that I think about. Like, even when I'm running, I'm just thinking about those people who have given me opportunity. They believe in me that I can make Olympics because I always tell them, I want to make Olympic. So... Those are the opportunities I've had. Uh, I went to Auburn University. I got scholarship for three years. And I got scholarship too, going to junior college in Rand Lake, Illinois. And I've met great people, the families I have. Up to today, we, we, are, we are still in touch. I keep 
going visiting them. So I've had a whole life in America and those are the things that I'm really thankful. I've, I mean, I have so many, I've met so many people. I've been to so many places. I mean, I can count like I have a few states left that I haven't visited, but that's true of track and field. We traveled going on track meets, cross country meets. So we went to different states. So I've had opportunity. My running talent has taken me to so many places and um, I've come to this country. I became a citizen and that's the opportunity that I've a lot of people don't get it and I got it and I'm very thankful for that. So that's why I I feel it will be a great honor for me to make Olympics. So that's why I keep pursuing that dream. And I know it's going to be valid one time. One interesting thing when you look at your running resumes, you've represented the United States, I believe, four times at World Championships. Yeah. Yes. And that is an interesting race because, you know, when a lot of the top pro-American marathoners are presented the opportunity to run at world championships, they pass because there's no appearance fee and it's in the middle of the summer and it's always going to be hot. Why do you always say yes? Because every time they ask you to represent your country, it's an honor. So I always take it. I mean, it's a great opportunity because, um, you know, JFK Kennedy, that's like one of the like motto that I have in my life is he said, uh, ask not what your country can do for you, but ask what you can do for your country. And every time you have an opportunity to do something for your country, don't pass it, do it, you know, because you do it, you make your life complete by doing that. And it's been successful showings at the world championships. I think one year you were pretty high up there. What was it? What was your highest finish at Worlds? I think 15 at 2017 London. Yeah. So, but I know for sure, like, I know, and I, I got something for next year and I will be in that team. I want a medal. I think from now, now on going forward, I know what I'm supposed to be doing and I feel very confident about it. So I just need to be doing the same thing I did before the trials. I think that will get me a medal because last year I went to, I think the only issue I had, if I did not come back because I was in deployment in Europe and I changed to come back to US to prepare, but I should have stayed, like don't change the location and just stay at the same place and then just go for the world championship. I would have really surprised. I would have done like really great, but because I changed and then come back again, coming to altitude and then going back. So the, those are the challenges, but you know, you learn from them and you move on, you know, we have to look forward. It's interesting because you ran 211 in 2015 and then in your career progression like you stayed in like the 211s 212s and then in the last couple years you got into the 210s it's also the same time where everyone makes a big deal about the shoe technology and the latest you know carbon fiber plates everything and all that stuff and that's making people faster and abdi was a big person who you know benefited from that even when he was getting older like it just has helped the legs. Why, I guess, like, have you also been so consistent? Because I look at I look at this now, the last couple of years for you, top American and fourth place in the 2021 New York City Marathon in a personal best at the time of 211.15. Then you ran the Boston Marathon and ran 209.07. You finished ninth place at the World Championships in Eugene. You finished 24th, but you ran 211 again. 
where does this consistency come from when you're in your later 30s? When you say, you talk about the new technology that we have with the shoes. Um, so, you know, when you work full time, you get tired. So, but the shoes that you have, the recovery that you get from running, that is helping a lot because I have like a pair of Asics shoes that I love it so much. I don't use other shoes. It's super plus because every time I run, I will recover quickly after the run. And even though I walk full time, I don't get tired because when I run, okay, I'm recovering already <laughs> while running. So the technology, shoe technology is helping. It's helping me, especially training and being able to do mileage and then going to work. I benefit a lot from that. And um, recovery, recovery. So the shoes that we have helps with recovery. And that's like the big deal about it. Because, you know, if I was running and using a shoe without fiber cap on, you will feel tired, you know, after run. But so you have so much technology in shoes that you run, boom, you're okay. You know, you come back and it's like you didn't run and you are rested getting ready tomorrow, you do another run. So it helps you recover. And once you can recover, that means you can do a lot and you are rested and then you can do great in the races. Has your training changed too much? Like in terms of just the volume you're doing in, and your mileage every single week or have it has it always been the same? One of the biggest challenges for you working nine to five is fitting it in the day. You have to do it early in the morning or you have to do it at night. Yeah, I, I run early in the mornings. Uh, sometimes, for example, tomorrow now, my we are meeting at six at work tomorrow. But that means I have to wake up uh, around four because I'm going to run for an hour. So or just like that easy run. So I'll wake up at four, go for a run and then sh take shower, change and then off to work. But uh, my regular schedule, because my unit, my leadership always let me train on my own in the morning. So I would wake up at five. And then by so long as I report to work at nine, so I wake up, send accountability, text message, and then I go run and then I just go to go to work from there. So uh, in the evening, sometimes, especially when it's winter time, it's dark, it gets darker earlier. So I run at night. It's out run. But, you know, so long as you know where you're running the trail and I always like to run like closer where the lights are so I can you know, so sometimes I wait until I come back home because I can run along my neighborhood because I know it really well and there's lightings at some places. So that helps also. But uh, when it's summer, it's really nice because, you know, you can run at six o'clock. You're still it's daylight until nine. So that's easy. But when it gets to winter, that's the challenging. And then again, another challenge is like you wake up at five in the winter. It's really cold. I had some days where I had. I had to wear three layers of clothing because we've never had like negatives in Colorado for a long time. So that was the moments that I was like, you know, you have to love it to do it because the wind chill <laughs> was really cold. But, you know, I had good clothing and warm clothing from Essex and I spent, you know, when I went to Europe, I was shopping for clubs. I was like, this is the best place to buy winter clothing. <laughs> <laughs> so, I I mean, I bought some clothes like really skiing clothes so I can use them when when it's cold outside so yeah but the clothing I have is really warm so that's why I'm able to do that and I really don't have to worry about the time and sometimes uh, I go to work I can get out at four the earliest but sometimes maybe if we have a meeting maybe five 
but I always try like at least four thirty I'm gone. So by five I start running. So by six I'm done. And then because I always run like forty minutes in the evening. So like you mentioned something about you had one week where it was all singles, right? Like you you only ran once yes. once a once a day. Sometimes that that's what this is something I learned. Like you know when it's not possible, it, don't force it because I, you know I would force it. Like but this time I was like okay. I, I'm just running once. I have time to run in the morning and I just did it like that. I'll just go like for 12 miles and that's it. The run I did. And then uh, because of the situation, circumstance that forced me to do that. But I mean, if I had time, I could do like two runs in a day, very in a relaxed manner. But this time I did not force. Like I was like, okay, I didn't have time. It's okay. I ran in the morning. That's fine. And I just kept like that for like a month. And then, um, you know, and... Aaron is helping me a lot, you know. He's uh, he knows what I'm supposed to be doing for the training. So my baby is here. And and you're a dad too. So it's like a, a father <laughs> yeah. of three. You you have so much to yeah. balance too. Yeah, I know, I know. Yeah. So yeah, so I uh, so it's it's great. Like I, I try to balance. Like whenever I get if I don't have time, I don't force it. That's what I've learned. Like Take it out with this and you will recover and you can do it much the next day. You mentioned Heron. That's Coach Heron Lagat. Was that interesting? At some point, he used to be a training partner for you, for him to move into the coach role. So how did, how is the relationship with him? I think it's really easy because, you know, we used to train together. So we, he knows it's the same things we used to do. That's what we are doing. But he's now doing it himself as a coach. But we are doing the same program. We haven't changed anything. And, you know, he used to pace me when we were training because I was preparing for marathon. He didn't. So he was pacing me on the workouts and we used to do together. So now he's timing me. And I enjoy so much, especially when I wake up and it's so cold outside and I have him standing there. That keeps me, it motivates me to keep going because, you know, we we put an electric bike so that he can, he can bike. But, you know, it was so cold until I told him, you know what, don't worry. Just sit in the car and we try. If it's really cold. We just go follow me with the car and then that's, it's easy for him to do that way because I didn't want him biking. And I, because for me, I have clothing and I feel really good. I'm running and I didn't want him biking and he's getting the wind chill, <laughs> head wind <laughs> all the time. But it's it worked out amazing and he, he understands me because that's what he has learned. Like when I am tired, like if I am feeling like I'm tired, he says like, okay, we are not pushing. That's enough. Let's rest. And then we get ready for tomorrow. And he, the main thing he listens to the body. So we train on how the body feels. If we feel we are tired, we, we even need to push a workout. Like for a couple of days, we do that. Yeah. So we don't have to say, like, oh, it's Tuesday, we have to work out. No, it's that's not what we are doing now. We just go by how you feel. I guess like this is one, one cool thing that people should understand is that some of your biggest competitors can, again, the easiest thing, run two times in a day if they wanted to because this is their full-time job, is professional running. They can go on you know, high-altitude trips or warm-weather trips and make the trip to Orlando to see the course and everything. And you didn't have very much of that right i know and it's uh, that's why i was like you know when you have opportunities like those enjoy them because you know a lot of people don't have them so like you have a i mean like let's say for the top two guys the best in this year i mean they get opportunity you know they have they are in utah you know that's great and i'm happy because they are utilizing that opportunity and they are really 
developing themselves to be great athletes. And that's really good. And I hope all the other athletes do, do that. Like when the opportunity you get, please don't squander it. Just use it for your benefit and for your success. Yeah. So two years ago, I was on the broadcast of the New York City Marathon with with ESPN. And I remember in the days leading up to the TV broadcast, he told us that you wouldn't be able to run in the race because you were overseas, you know, in in Poland for the U.S. Army. So sometimes how do you balance your job with the Army and professional running like it's like, oh, I was planning to run the New York City Marathon and I was training for it. But then when duty calls, that comes first. And this is so funny. Like, I did not know, like, there was a deployment coming. So I reported to the unit in August. And when I get there, they say, oh, we are getting ready for deployment. So I had only a month. And so I had to get ready. And one funny thing, my my commander break his leg. They were playing basketball. And I don't know what happened. He broke his ankle. Now I was his exo. So I was his assistant. So I had to take charge of the company and help prepare them to get ready for deployment. So I got into a job. I wasn't. <laughs> for me, I thought, okay, they would leave me because I have Olympic trials next year. But, you know, I had to go because my commander was not going to go now because I have to be in charge. So I had to take that responsibility, become a commander and prepare the unit and deploy with them. So I did not have a choice because, you know, the mission, when the mission calls, we have to respond because we cannot say, oh, I have something coming up. No, you have to go because, you know, our country depends so much on us to do our job. And if I cannot say I cannot do my job, then who is going to do? I have to be there. So I have to be the first one. I am a leader and I have to be in the front, lead from the front. So I have to take charge. That's why I never say any mission calls. I will stop everything I'm doing and I will do it because, you know, we are serving our country and that's the great honor to serve the all people of the United States. That's why I put everything second after serving. The presenting sponsor of the Sidious Mac podcast is Olipop. You know, we've been pounding Olipop for over a year now. 2023 was a track season to remember, and Sidious Mag was able to be there for all of the big moments thanks to the incredible support of Olipop. What has become known as the Runner's Soda isn't just a great companion for pregame shows or post-race shows, or if you're just watching at home and want to crack a can of Olipop open yourself, it's good for you too. It's a prebiotic soda with 9 grams of fiber, which is 32% of your daily needs, that only has 2-5 to five grams of sugar and helps your digestive health in a way that a threshold workout never could. We love it because there are 15 incredible flavors that will keep your body refreshed and ready to go for the next workout. My current favorite is Lemon Lime. Caitlin Tui's number one flavor is Ginger Lemon. There are other great flavors like Vintage Cola, Tropical Punch, Orange Squeeze, Cherry Vanilla, and I'm hearing rumors of another one coming soon. Sidious Mag podcast listeners get 25% off non-subscription orders by using code Sidious25 at checkout at drinkolipop.com. You can also find Olipop at Whole Foods, Sprouts, Kroger, Target, Walmart, Publix, and most recently, they just got added to Costco. So pro tip there. Next time you're looking for a refreshing and healthy drink after that long run or hard workout, reach for an Olipop. You won't be disappointed. Drinkolipop.com, code Sidious25. Your nine to five right now is your financial comptroller at the military base in Fort Carson, 
which is just outside of like Colorado Springs. What what is your day to day look like? What 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 exactly does that mean? I already told you, like, we wake up in the morning and we meet for accountability, like, you know, so, and sometimes they let me run on my own. If we don't need, I don't need to be there, I can just run on my own. So, and then I report to work at nine and I have a office and we have, you know, workmates and we work in the office. So, and we are there, we get lunch break. And then after lunch break, we go back to the office. We have I mean, comprising a lot of things that we do during the normal routine for us. So, and I do that in the evening when then we go home, you know? And so, and that's, it's, sometimes it's consistent. Sometimes it changes because we might be doing different things at other times. So now that you just ran, you know, at the U.S. Olympic marathon trials, you already said 2028. How, how long do you want to keep this going? I'm going to run until the body says, okay, no more. But I, I told myself, you know, one thing about the army is one part of my physical activity is running. So I'm going to run as much as the, the army still needs me to run. I, I'm still going to be running. And then when it's time to retire, probably maybe that's the time I retire and retire from everything. <laughs> Just saying. Final quick questions that I've got for you is... From your biography that they put up on the Orlando 2024 website, there were some fun facts in there. Your favorite movie, My Cousin Vinny. Why is that your favorite movie? Oh, my goodness. It's my favorite because that was the first movie that we watched when I got to America. <laughs> so we were in uh, Auburn, and I had my friend, Jared. So we said, okay, we want to go to movie theater. I think there was a movie, but we couldn't get in. So we said, okay. Let's get a movie we can watch. And they got that movie. And it was so funny. And we were in Alabama, you know. And that's like, that movie was like, it was acted in Alabama. And, you know, my, he, the guys, they were going on a road trip. And then they were stopped in Alabama. And that was so funny. And, you know, the charge, they go to court. And the charge asked that the lawyer comes from New York. And then he's trying to go and do the litigate the case. And the charge sends him off because he doesn't have suit. <laughs> And then he comes and he dresses in a suit, so funny. And they just like, yeah, the, that was the funniest movie I've ever watched. And it's just like one of my favorites. I mean, I don't go to movies a lot, you know, but when, whenever I get a, that was the movie that I really sit down and watch. <laughs> so that's why I liked it. That, that was my favorite one. Oh, it's a great movie with Joe Pesci. Um, yeah. Favorite TV show said, Let, let's make a deal. Oh my God. I watched even yesterday. And oh my, that was so fun. Yesterday, somebody they somebody they played the thing for the with the cards that you pick the spades and the hats and the diamonds, and then you get a trip, you get a car, and then no, I think the last yesterday was about um, so she got like she won, she got everything, she got the spades and the hats and the diamonds, and she got everything, she won all the deals, and she had like 22,000, and then they called her for like the final, like. The, the deal of the day, but she says, oh, she got 15,000. That's what happened. She got like, the best deal was 15,000. And then uh, they asked her, like, do you want to go for the big deal of the day? And she's like, I'm placing somebody else to do it. But I like it because it's so funny. And, you know, like people want cars and they play a lot of games. And that's why it's my favorite. I just love it watching, especially when I have time, I, I watch it. It says favorite post-race indulgence. You said Dairy Queen strawberry milkshake. Did you have one yet after the race? 
Not yet. I'm gonna go get it because uh, you know, in Colorado, there's a Dairy Queen, but it's a little bit, uh, a little bit uh, far from me. So it's closer to where I work. So probably when I go to work tomorrow, maybe lunchtime, I'll go to Dairy Queen and get a shake for recovery. You earned it. Uh, yes. And it says favorite running memory, Heartbreak Hill in the Boston Marathon. You know, that's most people's least favorite running memory part. Yeah. And, you know, like the last time I ran Boston, so I was feeling great on the heels. They made a move and I responded really well. But the only thing was once we passed the ad break hill and we went, I think after 30K and it started getting like down slope. So we go to like 35K, I don't know. So I had like um, my armstring, my armstring started bothering me. But I was like, that was the best because I I felt great. I didn't, I wasn't tired on the heels, but it's only that when we got started hammering on the down slope, they raised the speed by 22 miles and then I started uh, having cramps on my armstring but I thought that was going to be my the best race but you know hopefully yeah that's why I, I like it and then my final question is what's next now I guess like you get to enjoy a little bit of break back to work but now you've got you know fourth place at the US Olympic marathon trials you've got options of like where you can take this do you like want to race another spring marathon? Are you going to take a break, focus on the shorter distances? Where's your head at right now? So right now I'm just focusing on recovery, but back of my mind, I'm thinking like, I'm not tired. If anything happens, hey, if an opportunity comes, I will go for it. So, but right now we haven't really worried about that. It's just recovery, one thing at a time. And now once I know what I'm doing, I will post it on my Instagram and say this is where I'm going next. I know I have, I got a lot of support. A lot, a lot, a lot of people are starting to follow me on Instagram, so I'll be communicating through that mostly now. On your Instagram, the handle Airborne Runner. Wh- why, why did you choose that name? <laughs> because I was my first duty station was Fort Bragg, and I was in an airborne unit, and I was in 82nd Airborne Division, so. That's when I started my Instagram there and I was like, okay, I'm airborne runner. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> yes. Well, Elkana, I appreciate you taking the time to do this. I think you're, the way you've handled finishing fourth place at the marathon trials has been a lesson in humility and just how most people should you know, change their perspective and, and you know, sometimes take those hard moments and turn them into a positive. And I'm sure you're going to have many positive moments, you know, going forward in your running career. So thank you. Thank you so much for taking time to talk to me. And you know, that it never happens every time. So I'm really grateful for considering me and giving me an opportunity. I know a lot of people will be listening. So I'm just thankful. Hopefully I shared some lessons that they can have fun listening. I think you're going to have more fans after this. Thank you. Thank you all for listening to this episode. This episode was produced by Jasmine Fair. I love doing this for you guys, so please do me a favor and leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. That helps us grow the show and get even more awesome guests. Let me know what you're enjoying about the show. Make sure you're subscribed or following on your favorite podcast players. Please share this episode with your friends if you think that they'll get any value or inspiration out of it. Let's build this thing together. Visit SidiousMag.com for a lot more. We've got a brand new website with tons more articles, videos, and podcasts. As always, I love track and field. I'm Chris Chavez. See you next time.